All right, so um, please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon this time of worship. We ask that uh, you would speak to us and give us a willing spirit to follow your word, to listen to your call, and to act in your ways. God, free us today to live for you with all that we are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, hey, kids, um, wherever you are, uh, stand up for a moment, and let's have a little bit of fun, okay? Um, so everybody knows what this is, right? Um, what do I have here? I have... Yeah, it's, it's a TV remote, right? And so uh, if you have the remote control, um, then you have the power, right? Right? Growing up, uh, my TVs growing up, we didn't have remote controls. You know who the remote control was? Me. Um, and uh, so what I would do is I would listen, and uh, when my older brothers or my parents said, hey, Jim, turn the TV channel, um, then uh, I would get up and change the channel, just like the remote control does. I'm so thankful we have these now, right? Uh, I bet you are, too. Um, but uh, let's have a little bit of fun, because there's all kinds of things you can do with the remote control for the TV, right? But let's pretend, just for a moment, that uh, this doesn't control the TV, it controls you, all right? So if I hit the uh, power on button and say, all right, you're on. Everybody's, everybody's got power, and then what if I put the volume up? All right, let's turn up the volume. Uh, whoa, that's getting kind of loud. I'm going to hit the mute button right now. Mute. Whew. All right, let's get the volume to a reasonable level. And uh, all right, so that's set. And now I'm going to uh, I'm going to put on a new channel. All right, so let's see what channel you're going to show me. All right, we're going to we're going to start right here. That's one channel. What's what's happening on that channel? Well, look at that. That's cool. I don't know, though. I don't really like it. Let's change the channel. Okay. All right. That, that's interesting. Very cool. Um, let's change a new channel. And, and one more time. All right. Well, now, now, hang on. I also have a pause button here. Play. Pause. Play. Pause. Play. Fast forward. Oh, pause. Rewind. And play. All right, and power off. You guys can all have a seat. My goodness, you guys were fantastic. Great job, everybody. So that's, that's kind of fun um, to pretend, but would you like it if, uh, if, if somebody actually had a remote control that could make you do whatever they wanted you to do? <laughs> I bet not, right? We, we like to have control over what we do ourselves, right? We like to be able to be the ones in control. We don't like it when somebody else has the buttons and they push it and uh, that makes us do 
whatever somebody else wants. We want to be in control of our own, uh, our own actions, our own words, our own way of living. Um, that is absolutely at the heart of our lessons today and at the heart of our lessons and gospels today. Who's in control? That's the question that we're dealing with. Who's in control? And most of the time when we think about who's in control, we, uh, we probably are a little tentative about saying it's us, but I bet we live like it is. <laughs> I'm in control. Sometimes we, we are very bold to say, I make my own choices. I do what I want. Yeah, but the reality is, there's all kinds of people and situations and powers that also have control in our life, aren't there? Um, hunger has a power over you. <laughs> it can make you get up and go to the refrigerator, right? All kinds of things. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with power over you. It's just that we don't control when we feel those sorts of things. Uh, teachers, parents, uh, your boss, uh, all have power. We also call that authority, right? Those who are in authority have uh, power to speak to us and expectation that what will happen when they say something it will, it, will, it will happen. We'll carry it out. Jesus in the gospel today, that's what was so amazing to the people. They said, what is this? A new kind of teaching with authority? And what they meant was that what he said happened. Even when it was said to an evil spirit, an unclean spirit. Because those unclean and evil things in the world, what happens when authority speaks? We don't listen. And I say we because I have plenty of that unclean spirit in me. It's what leads me to what we call sin. It's what leads me to go my own way even when the authority, the true authority in my life who is God at work in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, when God speaks, it should lead me to better things. But I don't always listen, do I? And I bet you don't either. In fact, it's so interesting to me. We'll go back to that first lesson today, that one about prophets from Deuteronomy. Um, we're told, uh, let me just turn the page back here. It says, well, i got to go back two pages. All right, it says, This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore or ever again see this great fire, I will die. What they're talking about there was when Moses... Uh, uh, was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments directly from the Lord, the people heard it and they said, we don't want to hear God speaking. We want you to speak for us. Because if we hear God, uh, that's too much for us. We want somebody in his place. 
They wanted some separation. I notice this happens a lot at church when we were worshiping together uh, with all, with everybody in one place. When we wouldn't, uh, when you didn't get to sit on your living room couch or to spread out or whatever wherever you were. Um, we, if we were all in the same place, you know where the tep- typically the most coveted spots in most sanctuaries are not the ones up in the front, um, although they are the best ones. They're usually the ones in the back. Um, we like to have a little bit of separation. I was also told that I read an article this week about something in conversation that works the same way. It's called the airplane effect. Have you heard about this? The airplane effect of conversation, named, named for the, the uh, reality that oftentimes when you're on an airplane and you get seated um, next to somebody, maybe you don't know them, uh, you're, it, there's always that uncertainty at the beginning of the flight where you're like, oh, what's this going to be like? I have to sit by this person I don't know, and uh, should I talk to them? Should I not talk to them? What, uh, what, how is this going to go? Am I going to like how this goes? And so what they find is that conversations on airplanes tend not to start to, uh, until the end of the flight. Uh, and then when the plane lands and you know that uh, it's not going to be too much longer before you're going to be able to deplane to get off of the plane, um, then all of a sudden people's conversation jumps significantly and there's way more talking. Why is that? Well, because now you know that it's not going to be forever and you have an escape route. Same thing happens with Midwestern goodbyes, right? Um, when, when, we, when somebody says, well, I've got to go, then all of a sudden there's 14 other conversations that start. I hear this on the phone. Well, I've got to go. Okay, then uh, all the, 10 minutes later we're still on the phone because there's all of the conversations that begin. When? When it's supposed to be done. When we know it can't last much longer then it's safe because we can get away, right? That's the whole thing is that we want to know that we are safe to choose to leave and go in our own direction. When God speaks to us, (laughs) the scriptures tell us that when God speaks, that happens, right? That's the creation story. When God speaks, it is. In the gospel today, when Jesus speaks, be silent and come out of him, even to the evil spirit that is there, it cannot resist him. But it also tries to control him. That evil that is in this man in the synagogue, and isn't it interesting that this happens in the synagogue, in the place of worship for them? It's not like Jesus is going to some horrible, uh, seedy kind of environment and place where he's going to encounter all manners of evil. No, this is right in the place of worship. And evil is present there. And what it seeks is control over Jesus. Have you come to destroy us, it says? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That's that's an attempt to name who Jesus is and to define what he is there to do. In the Bible, in that time, 
what would happen is that uh, people, if you knew the name, you had power over it. You could command that person, that, that uh, uh, spirit, if you knew the name. And so Jesus immediately sees what's going on and says, be silent. You don't get to define what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus, what God is about here. You don't get to define who I am. Be silent and come out of him. And convulsing him, the, the man, uh, the spirit comes out, and the man is left what? Free. We don't really know what he does after this story. We just know that that which was controlling him is no longer in control of his life. And he is free, free to follow, free to listen, free to leave, free to go on his way. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, who has that kind of power to control, doesn't use it to control your actions? Instead, he uses it to free you to become the best version of you. Jesus shows up in the place of worship and he sees, he sees the evil that is in us. Because evil always does what it does in this lesson. It controls us. And it tries to control everything around it. And Jesus says, that's not what we're about. Power and authority is not about control. The definition of power... Um, in physics is kind of cool. It's, uh, it says that power is the ability to transfer energy from one place to another. So um, if you have a, a light bulb, and it's a 50-watt light bulb, um, that means that it has... 50 watts of energy that gets transferred to it and that you can see that light. If you have a 100-watt light bulb, it's more powerful, right? It's brighter because more energy is transferred to heat and light in a 100-watt light bulb than in a 50-watt light bulb. Same amount of energy is supplied to it. It's the same plug, right? You plug it into the wall. That's the amount of energy that's available there. But 50 watts is transferred or 100 watts is transferred. How much energy is given is the, is the key. That's, that's the power of the bulb. Well, think about that for you and for God. God is about transferring his power to you that you might shine brighter, that you might be you might receive more of God's energy. Evil seeks to control the one who gives us life.
He even says it exactly that way. Have you come to destroy us? Isn't it interesting? Jesus doesn't actually destroy it. Not even the Spirit. He calls it out. He sends it away. That it would not be controlling of this one's life. Dear friends, may we learn from Jesus about power and control and what they are for. There are so many forces that compete in your day, in your week, in your relationships, in your life, and they compete to control you. May we listen to the one who is not desiring to to put you in their pocket and hold you under their thumb, but instead to lead you to life. Not to destroy you, but to bring you joy and freedom. The beauty of Christ is that though he has the power to do exactly what he says, he chooses to give you life, to give you freedom, and to call you to follow him. I pray this week you will hear his voice and know that you have the option, the opportunity, the chance to live no longer controlled by the evil that lurks in our life and in our hearts, but you can follow Jesus and live with his energy, his strength, his love, and his power, power that gives life and power that calls us to freedom and joy. In Jesus' name, amen.